Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi there. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. It's Alana here with Jamie, and we're here to continue our discussion about prayer and politics. So welcome back. Yeah, let's open up in prayer and jump right into part two. Last week, we talked a lot about, well, I guess maybe two weeks ago, depending on how this is scheduled, but we talked about the um, kind of theoretical praying for politics and praying about politics and where our hearts need to be. And this this time around, we're just gonna talk about some really practical scenarios and, and ways that we can be praying for politics. So let's pray. God, we just thank you again for this opportunity to talk about this important topic. Please guide and direct our conversation and just help us to really uncover some of the ways that we can be praying for our leaders as we were commanded to and and just show us individually god where our blind spots are and um and where our strengths are in these areas and thank you so much for giving us the the power and and the resource of prayer to influence things like politics where most of us feel completely powerless even even if we can vote for things it just sometimes feels like we have such a small voice in such a big thing that that we just thank you god for prayer that we can can just literally take those concerns and and those feelings and those beliefs to you and just hand them over to you and and know that you are sovereign over everything over every single ruler out there in jesus name amen Amen. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this. Like you said, we talked some about the theory last time, and now we're going to talk more about the practical side of it. And I don't feel like people need to start with episode one. So I mean, if this is your very first episode, and this just happens to be where you began with us, I think you're fine. But if you want, you can go back. So let's see, for a just for fun question, speaking about prayer and politics, how about, since we didn't have one kind of in our um in our dashboard to go with what if you were able to pass a local law but it has to be something that would be like not controversial like if if you had to pass the least controversial local law that you could what do you think it would be and you know I would pass a non-controversial law which is why I should never be in office because I, know, I would try right? to please everyone <laughs> yep um, I would make, I would, I would make it, uh, it would have to do with, with pets. It would have to do. With oh, pets. okay. Uh-huh. Um, well, I guess this wouldn't be a law. This would be like a, 
like a day, you know, past okay. past a national bring your pet to work day. Oh. Although, but oh, no, now until I'm they thinking, get into fights well, with each other. Yeah, then I'm thinking, oh, they're going to get in fights. And not to mention, people aren't going to like it because there are people that are allergic to pets. There are That's people true. that don't, that are, are scared. Because <laughs> I have a neighbor that I walk with who doesn't really love dogs. So I yeah. don't walk my dog when we're walking. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's just, um, yeah. So never mind. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> my least controversial thing. Let me think. Okay. So a law, a law. Um, I think maybe, maybe it would have something to do with like unifying the community. So you're talking about local government, like, local, like the municipality yeah. of Anchorage for me. Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe it would be like a mandatory, um, I don't know, some kind of like something that would benefit the community, like, uh, like some kind of, I wouldn't want it to be mandatory. I would want it to be like a celebration, okay. like a community service uh -huh. celebration. So like, oh, you know yeah. how we have cleanup day. So yeah. after the breakup, when the mm -hmm. snow goes away, it's just kind of a community wide effort to go yeah. and pick up trash. Clean it up. And a yeah. lot of times the schools will do it. My husband's mm -hmm. company does it. So maybe something along those lines, but maybe it's like more of a like you know either feeding the homeless or like fixing yeah. up the sullivan center which is you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i don't know just think something like that where maybe but yeah then then you get into passing a law and making people do stuff they don't like that <laughs> hilarious <laughs> I, i'm i'm the worst, worst i'm not much better you have i'm not something much better. in mind because maybe if you say something i'll think okay. of something more practical yeah, I had two in mind. One would have to do with like lunch and breakfast for school kids. I think that that should be anybody who needs a meal during the school day where they're at school. Do I know Anchorage is great with they are. They over the so summer good. too. They, you know, you can go to parks and get free sack lunches with the kids. Yep, I love so, that. So I think, yeah, I, I feel like that, that shouldn't be a question. You know, should my kid be hungry during the school day if I can't send them with food? Nope. Yeah, so should that, we have to like, you know, worry about if there's a balance due or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, it. and hopefully that's not controversial. My other one would probably be something in support of local libraries. I'm just such a fan of the work they do and how they do it. So I don't know if it were a law, you know, I would love to say more funding, but then of course that means raising taxes. So I'm kind of like you there, but something to you know, to support local libraries and things like that, I think is also good and important. So did you ever see the movie um, You've Got Mail with Meg Ryan and Tom I have, Hanks? but it's been a really long time. That used to be one of my favorite movies to watch in the fall because it's got all these scenes of New York in the fall. And oh. she talks about like, you know, New York in the fall reminds me of sharpened, the smell of sharpened pencils. And it just <laughs> looks so cool. I miss East Coast fall just because oh, yeah. I grew up on the East Coast and mm -hmm. it was so dramatic and so long and drawn out. And, you know, mm -hmm. we had a tree across the street that was like bright orange and like our whole living room would turn orange because of the reflection. Anyway. Mm -hmm as an aside, but with Meg Ryan, um, she, what are we even talking about? What libraries. We, libraries. So <laughs> she was the owner of this bookstore that her right? mother had started called Shop Around the Corner. And the whole movie is kind of about like the, kind of the, the demise of the small, you know, family owned bookstore. Well, I feel like that's kind of what's happening to our libraries because of mm. the internet and mm -hmm. just, you know, and I know they're shifting 
mm-hmm. and being able to like, you know, get more technology involved. And, but mm-hmm. I, but there is, we went to the library for the first time in a long time, a few weeks ago. And then we went back again and I was just like, we need this, like we mm-hmm. need this place with books that you can hold and where people come together. And like, I just found myself having so much love for this, like yeah. the librarian at the information desk and how knowledgeable mm-hmm. she was. And, you know, I remember the days of the microfish where you actually yeah. had to like search, you know, you had your card catalog mm-hmm. and then you had your backlog mm-hmm. of other stuff. But, um, but you know, now they have the computers where the kids can search for stuff and find out where it mm-hmm. is and, you know, but I agree with you. That's my long, long, long answer to, I totally support your library support. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, you could be my my vice, I don't know, vice mayor. <laughs> I, don't, I would always want to be the vice. Thing. I would never want the like full wrath of the people to come down oh, on me. Good grief. No, <laughs> me either. Not at all. All right. Well, now that we can agree that libraries are good and hungry kids are is not good. And pets are cool, how but about, not always practical that's to right. have how about this? in public. A kid being hungry is not good. I think I said hungry kids aren't good, and that sounded kind of bad. Hungry kids. Sometimes hungry kids aren't good. Sometimes, sometimes hungry kids sometimes they need a, Sometimes they need a little food in their tummies. That's right. <laughs> kids being hungry is also not good. So those would be, uh, yeah, hopefully things that most people can get behind. And even if not, you know, I, I'm hoping that our conversation about politics will be refreshing to people listening, because even if you disagree with us, like we're, we're, fine with that. So again, we're not coming down heavy handed. We're not trying to say you need to have the exact same opinions that Jamie and I do. We absolutely recognize that there are some people who really are meant to be more, I'm putting my foot down and I am saying no more this, or yes, this is good. And Jamie and I tends to be more, oh, well, we see merits in both sides of the arguments and la-di-da-di-da. And I think both sides, you know, whether you're more politically opinionated or whether you're less politically opinionated or whether your political opinions are exact opposite to somebody. I feel like there just needs to be a little bit more um, respectful dialogue, which is really what we're coming into this with the heart of. We're not saying that we've got all the answers. We're not saying that to be part of the Christian, praying Christian women community, that you need to like give your 100% amen to everything we're saying. We're just having a conversation about some of these things. Yeah. And I think that was one of the most important takeaways aside from the topic last time that Mm -hmm. we talked Mm -hmm. was that, you know, we are many members of one body of Christ and being different. I mean, you and I talk a lot about how our differences will impact our prayer lives in every way. Well, this Mm -hmm. includes politics. This includes how you pray for politics. And some people are going to pray very differently. So as we talk about some specific scenarios, you know, it is important to keep in mind, you might not care about some of the scenarios or you might care deeply and think that we're not really being heavy handed enough. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because we're all many members, but exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So basically the structure of this episode is just going to be different kind of food for thought questions. So should we just dive in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I think we touched on this a tiny bit before, but should we pray for a candidate to win? Like, is that an okay thing to pray? Yeah. And I mean, I've done it and I don't think it's wrong. I think that 
like any kind of prayer, because it's the same core question of any kind of prayer. Should I pray for healing when mm -hmm. I don't know for sure if, if what that's God's really what God's plan is? But should I pray with the limited knowledge that I have? I think as long as you're praying and that prayer is held with open hands and that prayer isn't going to make or break your faith if it comes out the other way, mm -hmm. you know, because I do know some people who have been devastated when their candidate hasn't gotten into office and they have just been like, but this is God's person. How could that not have happened? Like, this is bizarre. Mm -hmm. Like, God, where were you? And, you know, getting angry at God because their thing, and this is over decades that I've seen this happen multiple times where there's a lot of confusion sometimes when you think that it's black and white who should be in office and mm -hmm. who knows maybe at times it is maybe there is really one clear front runner that stands for all of god's values that you as far as you can see um but as far as what god allows i mean he's pretty clear i mean he's put some allowed some pretty bad people in office that still he's still sovereign and somehow that was allowed to happen so i don't think we should ever give up on praying for the things that we're convicted on and at the same time i think if we hold that with open hands in surrender to whatever outcome is knowing that god is still faithful and sovereign even if that person doesn't win that 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 can be fine i don't know does that mm -hmm. sound too wishy-washy no i think that makes sense i think for me it's just an important reminder that your candidate winning isn't the exact same thing as God winning, right? And sometimes we treat right. it like that. We treat mm -hmm. it as, oh, these people got voted into office. The Christians won, <laughs> right? And right. first of all, there are Christians voting for every single candidate in every single party. And so, you know, then it, it kind of turns into that joke about the sports team, right? Like if the Raiders have more people praying for the Raiders to win than the 49ers have people praying for the 49ers to win, it's not like God's up there with a tally, you know, like an American Idol contest judge or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, text in your vote to 777 heaven. <laughs> yeah, know? that would be a funny cartoon of, you know, having, uh -huh. <laughs> having people, and it probably has been people praying on both sides of the football field uh -huh. and angels, and invisible <laughs> angels on both sides. Well, so this is very, I mean, it's a very good parallel because I do pray at times. I find myself praying for my kids' sports teams to win. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, mm -hmm. please just let them win a game. Or, you know, it's a close game and I'm like oh please let them pull this out they've worked so hard but I think if we handle it in much the same way like the way I've come to approach that is I pray because I really want my kids team to win or I really want my kid to score that goal because he just needs that like that would just give him mm -hmm. such a boost and help yeah. his confidence and you know all of these things or hers in this case now since I have a girl playing too um but when that doesn't happen like the times when my out that outcome doesn't happen i just take that as a cue okay now what what's my it's like prayer i, I look mm -hmm. at that prayer as a journey okay well cool then how do yeah. i pray about this then okay well lord mm -hmm. thank you that you're still sovereign even though this yeah. didn't go my way and now that there's been let's say there's a loss of, in that candidate's case um we just pray god that you would uh whether that you know use that outcome for your glory whatever that looks like and then you can start praying for that person that's in office to 
to have access to God's wisdom, to come mm -hmm. to an epiphany of whatever, or maybe they already are the right person and you just didn't see it. Um, mm -hmm. But just to, to continue to pray in whatever direction it comes or, you know, ask God, well, what's next? What, what is my next thing that I can be praying for in this arena? Mm -hmm. so, I don't know. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've talked before on the show about the prayer behind the prayer. Yeah. And how God gets that, you know, so while you're praying for your kid's hockey team to win, maybe you're, you're really like your heart behind that. And I think the question we should ask ourselves is why am I really praying this? Exactly. Is it just because you want them to win? Probably not. It's probably because you want them to feel proud of themselves. Mm -hmm. You want them to feel a sense of accomplishment. You want them to be encouraged. Like that can happen even if they lose. Right. right. Um, so I think the prayer behind the prayer is important. It reminds me, we talked mm -hmm. in our Sunday school class last week about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when they're thrown into the furnace, they're or right before they tell the king, like God is going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down to right. your idol. And mm -hmm. I really like that sense of, I have a hundred percent faith in this outcome, but even if God doesn't provide that outcome. I'm still worshiping him. And I think that that can be a nice way to go into prayers for politics, for people who do feel called to pray for a certain politic politician to be brought into office. I think a great prayer can be, God, I believe that you are going to bless this person. I, I hope and pray and ask you to allow them to be voted into office. But even if you don't, because what's the prayer behind the prayer? The prayer behind the prayer is probably for somebody um, with godly wisdom to be in that position, right? And we don't know, this is why I have a hard time a very vehemently endorsing any politician. We don't know what's in their closet. Yeah. They might look like a, a great candidate. They might say all the right things and they might have, you know, horrible corruption in their, you know, in their personal or professional life that I don't know about. Sure, and all so we again, know is their platform and what yeah. they put out publicly. Yeah. And so that question of bringing truth to light, I think is really useful. And that question of, okay, I am praying for John Doe to be voted into office, but I recognize that what I'm really asking God for is for somebody with his wisdom mm -hmm. for such a time as this to be brought into that position. Yeah. And then maybe there's an issue that that person stands for, you know, that that you're that's that's your thing that you want to see happen mm -hmm. or overturned mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. brought back or whatever it is and you know that you, you can shift the prayer from the person to the issue um mm -hmm. which leads us into the question should we pray for all leaders our verse last week talked about or last time talked about you know pray for Pray for your leaders, for kings mm -hmm. and whoever else, you know, but lift mm -hmm. them up. And all um, those in authority. All those in authority. So, yeah. I mean, that question, should we pray for all leaders? That seems pretty clear. Yeah. So the question, though, is, and this is real, how can I pray for a leader that I can't stand or, mm -hmm. or who doesn't stand for God's values? And, I mean, we touched on this in imprecatory prayers when we talked yeah. about praying curses on your enemies. Um, but... You know, it can be, it sounds like kind of a, we'll just do it. But it sometimes there's mm -hmm. a lot of emotional baggage. It's there like can be. Mm -hmm. any kind of prayers for your enemy. It can really be hard. And so mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. How can we pray? How can we begin? What it, what would step one be if there is a leader that God has placed in authority and you read that verse and you think, okay, I guess I need to do this. But the only thing I can think to pray is get rid of it, <laughs> get rid of him or her Yeah, because I can't stand this person. Um, but how, what would, what do you think step one could be for someone that yeah. wants to, to be obedient? I think it's important to identify the things that it is okay to pray for anybody, right? And there are some of those, like, I want them to be like healthy and not, that's not to say like, I want them to never catch cold. It's more like, I just, I want them to enjoy good, like mental stamina to be able to like perform all their duties. I don't want them to, you know, drop from exhaustion in the middle of their day. Um, Which is a very real thing for politicians. Yeah. Or like you look at the pictures of presidents on the day they're sworn in and then their last day in office, and it looks like they've aged 20 years most of the time. So, you know, that's what I like to do. I like to say, okay, what, what would I want someone to pray for me, no matter who they were, right? Like if my worst enemy decided to pray for me, what were some things that I would, I would appreciate prayers from anybody. Okay. Prayers for my health, prayers for the people around me, you know, like there were certain things that I think it's okay to pray for anybody, right? Help them have right. a great day today. Help them mm-hmm. to make wise choices today. I think that's first. And second, you know, I think there probably is a time where it is okay to pray against a tyrannical leader. But I think maybe that line is going to be different for different people. Um, so for example, if if somebody, I'm trying to think, okay, to to use kind of comical, exaggerated examples, if somebody passes a law that says um, every single puppy who's brought to a pound now has to spend two years in little puppy prison before they can be adopted. I don't know, for quarantine reasons or something. I don't know. Like, would I like that law? Like, no, that would make me sad. Like these poor little puppies. In my opinion, is that to the point where now it's my Christian bound duty to pray curses on them? No. <laughs> right. But but then we get into, okay, well, what if it's Nero? What if it's, you know, what if it's Hitler? What if it's um, General Mao from China? What if it's somebody who who truly is going to go down in history as a horrible, tyrannical leader? Right. Um, at what point do we start praying, not that God might soften their heart or not that God might just kind of bless them in general? So I guess I'm seeing three layers. The first layer is just kind of the general blessings. Bless them, help them have good advisors, help them have wisdom, help them have a good day, right? Let them enjoy good health. And then there's prayers for maybe like softening hearts. Like, please don't let them be so mean to these poor little puppies, right? Like, so that's kind of phase two. But then I can see phase three, at least in the theoretical of God, please remove this evil, wicked person from office and let all of the wicked things that they're doing be brought to an end. But Like I said, I think the line at which our prayers change from one to the other probably is not as crystal clear as a lot of Christians think it is. You know, like we have this interesting kind of history as American Christians because we are all about our independence. We venerate the founding fathers of our country, sometimes, in my opinion, to... um, 
more extremes than they deserve, but we we celebrate the fact that we are an independent nation. We rose up. We were the underdog rising up against what was a tyrannical government. Um, with tons of love to our listeners in the UK, <laughs> water under the bridge. You know, three hundred years later, however long it's been, two fifty. Anyway, but but then we also have oh, but we're supposed to pray for those in authority. We're supposed to respect those in authority. And sometimes, in my opinion, not ever having lived through a revolution, um, sometimes to me there is kind of a an interesting dichotomy, right? Like if if we were back in colonial America now. I could see sitting in a pew and listening to the pastor saying we need to we need to pray for King George. We need to respect King George. We need to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. I could see myself sitting in that pew nodding along saying, yeah, that makes that makes biblical sense. But then, of course, like the people who were loyal um, were seen as outcasts. They were kind of the bad guys. So I do feel as though American Christians, we do have an interesting dynamic because we are a nation founded on principles of things like religious freedom, but we are also a nation founded on principles of revolt and rebellion. And I'm not convinced that the church has ever, especially like I'm going back to when you and I were kids where the founding fathers really were almost worshiped in, in at least some ways, you know, I think we're getting um, a little bit more away from that, but there was this sense of, you know, these were, these were God's chosen people who, who brought us our independence. And I believe that, and I appreciate that, but how do we tie that in to verses like submit to your governing authorities and things like that? Um, have we talked about Dietrich Bonhoeffer on the show? Are you, do you know him? Yes, because I went meticulously through that episode thinking, did I say anything that made myself sound like I was like <laughs> pro assassination? <laughs> Because I actually did say something to the, yeah, so yeah, we did. Okay. We did. So, so. for people who aren't familiar <laughs> with for, Bonhoeffer. I forget what, I think it was the imprecatory prayer thing, maybe, that okay. we, you know, when we okay. talked about praying curses on your enemies, I think we yeah. touched on Bonhoeffer. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to share a tiny bit about him? And, and, cause I think he's so interesting. And I think that as a thoughtful Christian, especially in times where there is more political unrest than, you know, at least that I remember when I was a kid. I think it's an important, not important. I think that it's intellectually um, very interesting to kind of think about his life, his story and his message. Yeah. And to be honest, I should have done a little more research because I just kind of gave a little bit of anecdotal, um, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. basically, you know, there were, uh, so I don't even know his, what was his uh, nationality? He was a Lutheran pastor in Germany, I believe. I know he was okay. a pastor. I know he was from Germany. And so he was, at certain points, he was imprisoned for speaking out against Nazism and the rise of Hitler. Um, and at other times, well, okay, so so he's complicated because he's got some writings that, that do talk about submission and... Right meekness but he was involved in at least one and i think maybe more than one assassination attempts on hitler's life and right. i guess my and that's understanding the bottom line of, of yeah. what we talked about was his you know he yeah. was a christian who also was involved in and condoned at the very least and was involved in the attempt yeah. to assassinate yeah and so like leader. 
I'm going back to thinking about how, yeah, we celebrate our, you know, all the Minutemen who rose up against their governing authority, you know, which was the British at the time. And like I said, I'm glad they did. And and I don't really have any problems saying that I see that that was, you know, part of God's plan. But how do you, where do you draw that line from submit to governing authority to, okay, let's pray for them to be overthrown to, okay, let me have a hand in this plot to assassinate someone like Hitler. And, you know, talking about non-controversial opinions, you know, I think most of us could be on board be like, yeah, you know, like we, we get where Bonhoeffer was coming from then, but how do you tie that into verses about submission and things? And, and where I fall is I don't think you can. I think that the um, sometimes the theoretical works on paper and real life, because we're in a fallen world, maybe looks different, right? I think on paper, submission to your governing authorities, yeah, makes sense, sounds good. Uh, in real life, I think, yeah, I, I think people have to follow their conscience and try to figure out how that ties into their interpretation of scripture. And I think that's always going to be a messy subject because uh, it's, in my opinion, it's just as evil, right? Like on this side of history, we don't feel very bad about looking at the people who allowed Hitler to rise to power. And even if we don't flat out blame them, we at the very least state like, hey, you were complicit, like just from your silence, right? Like we we do tend to kind of judge those those people who didn't do anything and allowed such wickedness to prevail. But how is history going to judge us? You know, in in our day and age, <laughs> if we're saying, oh well, um, you know, when is submitting to your governing authority almost? the easy way out to be complicit in something pretty awful. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Right. Well, and you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm -hmm. that we talked about. You know, they didn't submit to the authority. They mm -hmm. said, no, we're not going to do that because mm -hmm. that's against God. Look at Daniel. Yeah. Look at, yeah. I mean, it, it, there, there are definitely examples where when the authority is corrupt and doing mm -hmm. things that are directly against God, that there, there is a, 
non-submission or standing yeah. for what you believe. Um, yeah. So where that I line mean, is, though, just like yeah. so many things in the Bible is very much up for debate. It is. And I think it, it probably is going to vary from person to person. And I think that we should allow at least some some leeway. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I will go so far as to say I think there is a time to protest. You know, like I, I really um, I don't want to say I love the stories, but I, I feel very drawn to people who would do like the sit-ins and stuff during the civil rights movement. So for, you know, non-American listeners who might not know, like when the black and white communities were trying to get integrated, you know, especially in the Southern states, um, you know, there were laws, right? Like these laws are only for white people. Only white people can be in this part of the restaurant or on this part of the bus. And people would peacefully demonstrate by breaking those laws. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to be wishy-washy about that. I'm not going to say, well, the law said, and so therefore, you know, especially since they did it peacefully, um, and were met with hatred and violence. But again, where that line lies is not clear. It's so much easier looking back historically and say, oh, well, well, you guys should have done this. And this guy was bad. And, and it's a lot easier to, you know, a hundred years later say, okay, here's the good guys. Here's the bad guys. When you're living in it today, it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, it definitely does. And which is why you know, the open handedness of our prayers, the constant checking in with God, because, you know, with, with our trajectory, where are my beliefs, the, the checking in with, why do I believe this? Why do I dislike this leader? Mm -hmm. Um, where is my heart? And, mm -hmm. you know, those, those kinds of questions I think are always important to keep checking in with ourselves to kind of realign ourselves with scripture with god with his values mm -hmm. so regardless of what side you're on whether you're on the side that's just kind of sliding down the slippery slope of complacency com complacency 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 <laughs> uh whether you're slipping that's yeah that's a tongue twister slipping down the slippery slope of complacency <laughs> Um, with the silly snake. I'm trying to picture like <laughs> Elmer Fudd saying that. Oh, oh no, great. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a lisp. He has the like the other thing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I digress. But whether you're on the side of not being opposed enough to things that need to yeah. be opposed or mm -hmm. on the side of just being oppositional because you just like to be rebellious. Yeah. To check in and see, okay, why am I doing this? Is this for me? Is this because I like the fight? Or is this mm -hmm. because I'm avoiding a fight or a conflict to yeah. pursue actual peace and goodness? Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are important things. I'm going to get a tiny, tiny bit, um, a bitty bit heavy handed, at least for me. I, I want to offer... do this. Do you? It makes me so <laughs> nervous. It makes me so happy because I just, it's got to be something you feel passionately about if you're going to be a little bit yeah, so, a little bit. I like hearing um, these tidbits. Okay. So I'm speaking primarily to our American Christian voters. And I, I would imagine that other countries, probably at least some other countries may have some type of similar uh, parallel phenomenon happening. So there are certain instances because Christian voters are seen by politicians as a block, right? right. We want to get the quote, evangelical religious vote. right. 
Yes. We, and there are certain people who will manipulate that. They will either kind of present themselves as more Christian or more evangelical as they are, or they'll know what the pet issues are and align themselves with that. Um, and sometimes that is truly to the detriment of a lot of people. Like mm -hmm. I'm thinking specifically, like there's a lot of, um, again, like I get so nervous about pointing to specific issues, but sadly the, um, like the AIDS crisis, because it was seen as this thing that impacts these people with these, you know, let's use air quotes, alternative lifestyles that our voter block doesn't care about we are not going to devote resources. We are not going to devote research money. And then um, what happened is lots of people suffered in our country and worldwide. And in a way, sometimes the Christian voter block is used as pawns for political gain. And they appeal to the right catchphrases or the right sense of morality when truly it's more about um veering people or or it's like a smoke screen well we don't want to we don't want people to start peeking behind the curtain here so we're going to event invent this little like controversy way over here to to make sure that like the war on Christmas can be a, you know, sometimes just a silly example, right? I get that people want to have their nativities out. And I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking more about, oh no, this clerk said happy holidays to me instead of Merry Christmas. Now I'm a, I'm a persecuted Christian. Okay. But if that's all we're focusing on, that means that we're not getting outraged about the kids who are being sold into sex trafficking. We're not being outraged about the um, the horrible things that people are doing in other nations because, because we are being used as pawns and they want us focusing on this little itty bitty thing. Like I think of Lord of the Rings. How many times in Lord of the Rings did the hobbits um, escape death just because the orcs started fighting each other? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like all the time. And I think politicians know that some of them. And I think sometimes they see the Christian voting block as pawns and they'll do things like, well, if we can get them outraged about this, if we can tell them that this one thing is bad, then they're going to focus only on that. Or if we get them fighting about, if we get them so righteously indignant about this one thing that truly doesn't matter a ton, mm -hmm. then they're not going to have the energy to be righteously indignant about the things that they truly should be righteously indignant about. Oh, I think that's such a good point. And again, it's that same, I think this all, this whole discussion kind of brings it back to how important it is to be praying, not just for or about politics, but praying that God, just like God, like doing self-evaluation, God, please search me and know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive yeah. way in me, lead me in your ways. Like that we would be inwardly focused first to get ourselves right, whether it's before we pray for politics, before we vote, mm -hmm. before we do whatever. And I will admit that I spend way more time just looking at candidates and what they stand for than I do praying about how to vote. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is just a fact. We had an election day not long ago and 
I don't think I prayed at all about how to vote. I was just assumed, you know, I assumed I knew what I was going to do. But thinking about this, God knows. He sees behind the curtain. He knows mm-hmm. past. He can see past those platform issues that we see. And, and he can give us wisdom that the world cannot give. And I'm not saying be mystical about it and, you know, or cast lots because you can't trust what you read. I mean, we have brains also. We do have discernment in terms of Mm -hmm. let's read the issues and see what we align with. But I just think it's important to do both and to ask for discernment and wisdom. Uh, there, There have been candidates that I have seen that exact thing for what it is, what you're talking about, the manipulation on both mm-hmm. sides and yep. and I've seen and it it makes me kind of mad but I haven't always seen that and so I think to mm-hmm. pray for that discernment god let me yeah. see the deception let me be able to to rightly discern lies from truth so that I can really make a good decision here like those mm-hmm. are all important parts of prayer and politics I think are specifically mm-hmm. praying for god to give us wisdom and and involve him in that voting process or at least Mm -hmm. even in that just exploration of candidates process yeah so Mm -hmm. i've got a question for you when election day comes i get really uneasy because i i do have a and we might have already talked about this a little bit but i keep coming back to because i haven't figured out how to explain it to myself there is a sense of almost like vicarious guilt like I don't believe that any person running for a very high office is 100% perfect, right? right? And I think it's really dangerous when we get to the point where we do think that. Like if we think a, a human politician is infallible, we've got a problem. Um, therefore, <laughs> and because I know how much just kind of, I don't know how much, but I know that there is like backdoor things that I'm never going to know. Yeah. Right. So I do have a hard time attaching my name to somebody as a like, yes, I'm endorsing this person because let's say that person makes um, 90% of the bills they pass are actually good. 10% of them have devastating consequences to the people that they negatively impact. I still haven't figured out how to get over a sense of guilt and responsibility because nobody is going to make perfect laws, right. which means that we are, if we're voting, which I do think is good to do, but it means that we're voting people into office who are going to make some mistakes. Um, sometimes I vote for somebody that I know is not going to win almost as a way to alleviate myself from that. Like I treat it almost like a throwaway vote because of that. Um, so how do we deal with kind of corporate guilt, right? Mm-hmm. Or or what if you're in a nation that, you know, whatever nation you're in has really, um, really horrible history, right? What if, um, okay, so let's just use America since we're here. What if I still can't get over the fact that when my dad was a kid, like people were getting beat up because they were in an interracial relationship or what, you know, um, even if, and there were laws, you know, on the books at that time about that kind of thing. Or, you know, what if I look today and I realize, okay, all this technology I'm using is kind of being built in ways that exploit a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we 
handle, I, I feel like it's impossible to be alive today and to not be at least a little bit stained from the corruption that's happening around us. Yeah, well, I experience it both ways. So <laughs> surprise, I guilt myself no matter what. <laughs> I but, love that. Uh, when I, so my, I guess it would be my input in the Clifton strengths mm -hmm, mm -hmm. makes me the kind of person that's like, I can get paralyzed where I'm like, I, and I have there. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, many years back, there was one particular election where I obsessed. I read books written by both candidates. Mm -hmm. This was a presidential election. And uh, actually there were multiple candidates I investigated and mm -hmm. thought I'm going to do this right. I'm going to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it got so overly complicated. It reminds me of when I was trying to figure out how to get my firstborn to sleep through the night. I read so yeah. many books and there was so and much. They all conflict. They all conflict. I had some uh, co-workers that I would have discussions with about these candidates because they were kind mm -hmm. of, you know, I'm probably moderate right-leaning. They were mostly very left-leaning. And so I mm -hmm. felt like I got good dialogue because mm -hmm. it was very right. respectful dialogue but mm -hmm. i it was a it was a mess and so i had so much guilt that i couldn't get a good answer of like i couldn't feel mm -hmm. comfortable voting for anyone so i ended up voting for a random third party person that didn't seem bad that i knew wouldn't get elected i've done that yeah because i felt so tremendously guilty about the election and and who who came out of it and looking back i'm like it shouldn't have been that hard but then on the other end sometimes i have voted the candidate i have voted for or candidates or whatever depending on what level it is have done some things that i'm like oh i should yeah. have researched that way more so mm -hmm. i i get paralyzed sometimes and there have been times when i and even this last election um there was a there was an issue on the ballot that i was like i didn't even know this was going to be on here and so i didn't vote for it one way or another yeah. i had no idea so mm -hmm. then i felt guilty for that because i thought well this could have been important i should have researched this mm -hmm. and taken more time mm -hmm. with it so i would say just I, I would say that if you do what you can all we can do is yeah is look into the information in front of us we're not god and mm -hmm. i think it's kind of like parallel to the idea of praying for someone's salvation like we pray with the information we know we pray all the things that we can pray but ultimately it really is in god's hands mm -hmm. and i think there's a point mm -hmm. that you need to come to where you're like a you know, I believe I, I personally believe in voting. If I have that that mm -hmm. privilege to vote, I believe I should exercise it. But I feel like God is ultimately the one who raises up and tears down nations and appoints mm -hmm. and takes down rulers. I have to let go of that responsibility after a certain point. Mm. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Like it does. But, yeah. But yeah, you can definitely get caught up in the weeds because I could see myself mm -hmm. just spending hours and hours and hours researching like I did with that one particular election yeah. and coming out no better for it. And and yeah. so yeah. I hope that yeah, that's another non-answer, but Yeah. Well, it reminds me of the verse that talks about whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I yeah. think that that can really apply. If you 
I, you know, I know some Christians who kind of conscientiously abstain from voting for, for various reasons. Maybe it's because they don't believe that any party is going to be a hundred percent good. And they don't want to right. experience that guilt. Maybe it's, you know, God already knows who he wants to pick. Um, but it, it, yeah, whatever you do, whether you vote, whether you vote this way, whether you vote that way, whether you vote just because of the, you know, the R or the D or whatever your nation's kind of demarcations are after the name. Like if, if you vote just for a party, if you do all the research like you did, um, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And and maybe that's that's the best any of us can do. It still feels a little unsatisfactory to me, though. It does. But what I could see being very helpful, like we we recorded recently an episode about transition prayers, praying mm-hmm. as we transition from one activity to the next and kind of bringing closure to the end of an activity. And I can mm-hmm. picture, which I didn't do this time, but I could picture after you fill out your ballot, just take a moment and just say, God, mm-hmm. take these votes like the loaves and the fish. Yes. I'm going to put what I have here, but be glorified in this. Please yeah. be glorified in what I've put here. You're bigger than me. You're bigger than these candidates. You're bigger yeah. than all of it. And maybe just have that moment of like giving it as an offering. Like I give mm-hmm. you what I, my best, you can do more with whatever. So I like that. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's really useful. So what takeaways do we want to leave people with? I think a big one for me is the takeaway of separating a spiritual victory from a political victory. I think that's mm-hmm. that's important. Um, any other big takeaways in your mind or heart? I think just um, like when it comes to, I've just been thinking a lot about that question about if you can't stand someone, how do you pray for them? And mm-hmm. I think if you mm-hmm. can't, sometimes we talk about like when bad things happen and you can't give thanks for the thing, you can give thanks around the thing. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe pray for like maybe maybe one step for for praying for those leaders that do get elected or appointed that you're not fans of or that you actually consider enemy category. Pray around them. Pray God surround them with people that are good mm-hmm. advisors open their ears mm-hmm. to to good things even if they themselves aren't um or use the checks and balances that that are yeah. there to protect the worst things from happening that they might want to happen have happen mm-hmm. or you know whatever but maybe try to pray around that that's another thing yeah another possible takeaway i that like I, that i think i'm gonna yeah. start with but yeah. And then what tips can we give to people who differences in political opinions are messing up their relationships or their marriage or their, um, you know, their relationships with their adult kids, that kind of thing? Because we sadly see that a lot. Well, I was just talking, my husband has been out of town and he just sat down with a couple the other night um, at the hotel that he's that he's staying at. Who were talking about how they are now estranged from their entire family because of politics and mm-hmm. oh yeah like and I have a friend who struggles with the same thing with her kids where they are just at odds constantly to the point where she can hardly talk to them about anything because it always comes up mm-hmm. um, and that's a hard one that's a really hard one and I mean, I would say step one, the only thing that we can control is us. So I think of my friend and her kids. She has stopped talking about politics at all, but she finds that some of her kids bring it up 
just mm-hmm. about every time they talk. Yeah. So the step one is I would say stop talking about <laughs> stop talking about it for your part. Um if possible because and and try to focus on common ground in those relationships and try is politics really worth the strain of that relationship you know if you can yourself Mm -hmm. refrain from talking about it and then if they continue to persist she actually specifically asked one of her kids like can we please not talk about this and it still comes up sometimes but um not nearly as often and they know her stand on things so it's become possible for her to talk with them so i don't know i would say that might be the first step is try not talking about it at all and see if you can focus like so so now when she talks to her daughter she'll try to focus on like asking how she's doing asking how her job's going and Mm -hmm. you know things trying to steer the conversation in directions that are positive instead of Mm -hmm that i don't know that might be a good first step yeah i don't know what do you think no it's it it does break my heart how much division there is um and i think it's harder for people like you and me to see because like i would never consider somebody who votes a different way than me as my enemy right like Mm -hmm. to me that's so that's so foreign like i i know so many smart loving God-fearing people who vote all kinds of different ways, right? And so it does, it breaks my heart. It makes me sad. I feel like the danger of cutting out everybody who is politically opposed to your beliefs, it just means that you're in even a greater echo chamber, you know, and then you don't get the dialogue. You don't get to hear the other side in thoughtful discourse. So I think you know, from, from your end, making sure that you can truly say before God, I love this person, no matter how they vote. (laughs) And if you can't maybe doing some soul searching, asking God to allow you to, to love them, you know, in spite of how they vote. Um, and then if it's more coming from the other side, right? Like, okay, I'm willing to be in a relationship with this person, but they aren't, or they keep bringing up these things that they know I don't believe in. That is, that's a really hard one. And I think sometimes it just kind of depends on what type of relationship it is, right? Mm -hmm. I don't see, you know, if it's a husband and wife and they have super like 180 degree differences in political opinions, um, I think maybe best case scenario is for them to, and, and again, we're in theoretical lands now to be able to say, yeah, we totally disagree on these issues to the point where maybe like we don't even talk about these issues, or maybe we'll have discourse, but not allow it to get personal. And at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, we know that we absolutely love each other and are committed to being in a, you know, agree to disagree, but kind of to a very heightened, deliberate kind of stance. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's just like the person you see once a month and they're kind of a jerk, then maybe it's not really worth going through all those steps. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think one thing also that, that needs to be thought about is I think sometimes we have a tendency to assume that the problem is with the other person. So let's say you're experiencing strain in a relationship and it always has to do with politics. It is usually the default, I think for all of us to think, well, I'm not the problem they're the problem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but sometimes maybe we're the problem so i think maybe 
just reflection, if there's tension and you're not in a situation like my neighbor where you literally don't talk about it ever, um, but if you are having conversations with people, maybe there's something you could change about your approach or your responses or the way that you receive comments that might tra transform that relationship from oppositional to constructive. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering because I know there are times when we just think we're, you know, speaking what we think, but maybe the way that you're conveying yourself, maybe there is something you could change that would allow that dialogue to continue to happen in a more constructive way. It's just a thought like mm -hmm. as kind of one of those first steps. But yeah, I agree. Sometimes there's just, you know, basically, but I, I know that there, there were a lot of people in the last couple of years, particularly with our last presidential election, who just were like, if you voted for this candidate, I'm blocking you. Like you are mm -hmm. dead to me. Um, yeah. Or, you know, like, how can you call yourself a human and, and mm -hmm. do this or that? And anyway, it, it, it got really ugly. And so there are yeah. times when on, on one side or the other, there's nothing you can do. Um, but mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it, it's very tough. I think we will probably be talking about, I think there was something on our um, our upcoming episodes where we were going to be talking about just praying through troubled relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think this will probably come up again in a future episode in a little bit more detail. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And again, it just, it makes me sad. It makes me sad to see so much division um, so I don't know, I guess if you're even, even within the body of Christ, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. there would be such, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess another takeaway is if you're a Christian, just remember not every Christian believes exactly as you do politically. They don't have the exact same opinions. They don't have the exact same degree, but like sometimes Scott and I, like we agree on an issue but we go about it in such different ways that it's almost like, <laughs> you know, the joke where like, we're both arguing, but we're both on the same side, but we're arguing about it. Right. So like, maybe we're both on the same issue, but to me, it's not a really big deal. It's like, yeah, if I had to pick my side, it'd be this side. But for him, it might be like, how could you even like not want to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> how would you not want to round up everybody who, who disagrees and throw them into jail? That's not, at all what he truly thinks but do you no, know what i mean like I, right yeah the extreme it can be um or the the magnitude of your belief can be different and so i would just i would encourage our christians just remember there are people who love god just as much as you do who have very different political opinions than you mm -hmm. um Maybe it's going to be best to just, again, kind of like that theoretical couple, agree to disagree and not allow it to impact your relationship. Maybe there can at least be some back and forth that allows both of you to go deeper into understanding each other. Um, but, you know, I kind of get a little cringy when I'm sitting in church and I hear something that like... I think some pastors need to be reminded that not everybody, just because they're sitting in your pew, like believes in votes this exact same way. Right. And so I think, you know, even in a church setting, we need to be careful that we're not coming across as um, an us versus them or a, you know, in order to be a Christian, you must vote this way. I think that's that's not the right message to send people. And I think as we're praying for politics, I think, or praying 
about politics. Um, I think one of the things that we can just kind of use as a prayer trigger is when you're praying for politics, pray for unity in the body of Christ, mm -hmm. because politics is absolutely a source of a lot of division. So mm -hmm. just to be praying, because, you know, Jesus, um, when we did our Ephesians study in, you know, about a year ago, um, we did like a weekly 24-week Ephesians study, and I went into it just not ever expecting that this topic of unity was so important. And then just yeah. looking at Jesus and what he did to unify the the Jews and the Gentiles and to mm -hmm. bring them together. I mean, like, it's the same now. That unity is, you know, it takes different forms. We're not necessarily Jews and Gentiles anymore. We are mm -hmm. people with lots of different opinions, lots yeah. of different political and social beliefs. But unity is so important and that's you know mm -hmm. yeah anyway that that's the bottom line is um i think praying for unity can be a very big part of mm -hmm. our prayers for politics yeah yep absolutely well anything else that you want to add or dive into I don't think so. I kind of wanted to talk about corporate repentance and what that is and can we do it and should we? Maybe we'll do an episode on that. Cause, I think that could be a really good one. Yeah, because I wanted to touch on that, but I don't think you can just touch on that. I think we need yeah. to talk more. So yeah. I would love to I would love to make that a whole episode topic. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you everyone for joining us and we will leave you now with our blessing and benediction. May God reveal to you a glimpse of his splendor and fill you with the spirit of worship and awe. May you never lose your sense of wonder at praising such glorious Savior. May God direct your heart to deeper levels of worship and intimacy with him. No matter what circumstances you find yourself in today, may your spirit rejoice in the Lord Almighty, whose promises and character never change. And our benediction comes from Romans 15, verses 5 and 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.